finally, just finally, everybody, we are at the end of March. March has been the longest month on record. It's like it wasn't stopping. It wasn't going anywhere. March seemed to have taken a pledge to tarry here with us. But guess what? We're out of it. And March is over. How do you feel about that? March is gone. Thank you, Jesus. Can't wait. <laughs> then we have April. And the craziest thing this year is going to be so surreal. Because you know what? We can't celebrate Easter. So if you think about it, we never had St. Patrick's Day. And we can't have Easter. So we won't have Palm Sunday nor Easter. We won't have Easter. Imagine that we can gather in groups, come Memorial Day, especially here in Michigan, where the virus will just be cresting. It's not even cresting yet. We're not even in the midst of it yet. We're just discovering that this is a problem. It's like, had it not been for national coverage, we would be wondering where this virus is coming from and why so many people are getting it. But, so we're not even in the midst of it yet. But it's the end of the first quarter of 2020. So if you have not tried to do anything for yourself, if you haven't been working on all the goals that you had set up, now I don't know about many of those because many of us probably thought that we would, you know, perhaps been able to dim. Is that one of the things we said we were going to do? Yeah. We definitely said we were going to join a gym. We also said we were going to work out more. Look at me. <laughs> right? Where? In your apartment? You can't jump on all 15 floors. It would probably cause the building to shudder. Right? So you can't work out. We can't go to the gym. You're probably trying to go for a walk in the park. Can't do much of that either because you don't want to be contaminated or spread the virus because you could be asymptomatic. That means you're not showing the virus, but you could be passing it on to others who are more vulnerable. Facing a digital divide. These are folks who grew up in an analog era and for whom communicating was face-to-face. Right? You ever talk to your grandma on the phone and she's like, oh, baby, come and see me face-to-face. And you're like, grandma, I'm in, in, in D.C. right now or I'm in, you know, I'm in Seattle, right? And you're like, grandma, I'll FaceTime you. Well, what is that? It's on your iPhone. I, I, you have an iPhone. I'll show you how to do an iPhone, right? So older Americans over 65 in the age of coronavirus, in an age when all, uh, all of their Activities are centered around meeting in person, their book clubs, going for a walk, playing bingo together. All those are activities that are centered around meeting in person. These folks have to stay home. How are they coping? So this is sort of like a mental health purview, if you will, how older Americans are coping with the coronavirus. I know it's hitting all of us because finally, if you had to make a grocery run yesterday, Sunday, Saturday, or today, you found out that the streets are empty. You found out that there are so many, uh, that, that it's just wild out there. I mean, it's just so eerily quiet. We never knew that this could happen. But here we, and yet, here we are. So now that we're all sitting back, we have time to think, time to focus. And so we're paying more attention to our parents and our grandparents. In my case, it would be my parents. In your case, it might be your grandparents. And we're paying more attention to our parents and our grandparents, the ways in which they 
are communicating. Americans are coping with the digital divide. And it seems to me that a lot of them are kind of out of the loop, that they're relying on family members or perhaps neighbors who uh, are more familiar with tech and so are able to help them set up. So the only way they can communicate is through technology because nowadays you can't visit with them because they're more at risk. It just so happens that folks over 65 are the folks most at risk for this terrible virus that is taking over our society. So folks are literally trying to communicate whichever way. One of the best ways, of course, a lot of people are using Zoom. I don't know how many servers they have because everybody's on Zoom nowadays. Everybody's having a birthday party through Zoom or graduation party, which is, I don't want to use that term. The stuff that we used to use for work, that is what we are using now to communicate with our older relatives. And and it's interesting because these folks grew up in a time when analog was it. I mean, they saw the dawn of cell phones and thought that was quite revolutionary. But then cell phones became smartphones. And that's where the adaptability started to flee because now you have apps. Most older Americans are not terribly familiar with apps, as you and I probably are. We don't have a choice. This is how we communicate today. But for most Americans, that is not the reality. So how are they communicating, right? Uh, they, there are smart TVs. Most of them don't have smart TVs because smart TVs come with apps and so on. You can touch the screen, blah, 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 and get what you want and so on. I personally love that. I just love it. I, I, there are some parts of technology that are just with their friends whom they're accustomed to communicating with. As you know by now, most senior citizens' homes are shut down. So the only folks that they're able to communicate with are the staff. So the staff have had to become tech-savvy, setting up laptops and so on. And, you know, most Americans are older Americans are perhaps challenged with, with, with memory. So remembering a password to their iCloud account is like, what's up? Uh, one of my friends, uh, she's, old, you know, she's at that stage, she's beyond 65, she's a boomer. And uh, you could, when she texts you back, she has an iPhone, but when she texts you back, it's always in green. So I'm like, why is, why is it always in green, you know? Like, why isn't it in blue? And I said, you're not connected to Wi-Fi, are you? And she's like, Wi-Fi? I said, yeah. And she's like, I can't be bothered with all that. Lady, I mean, you know, you can you you're gonna need it in the future because apps are the ways in which we communicate. Okay, <laughs> right. So they face this barrier that perhaps is a societal impulse, but it's also uh, this barrier is also there because it is part of it. It, it is what it is, right? And, and to be to be clear, this was not caused by them. We're growing. As a, as a nation, all of us worldwide, we're all growing. So this is not a unique problem in America only. It's happening wherever folks are in the world, right? People everywhere in the world, because now the apps we use to communicate and so on, they don't even, they don't have. Uh, a lot of folks can also use WhatsApp as an alternative to, to make phone calls with relatives who might be in other spaces, right? I don't know what kind of technology they use. I'm not familiar with it. I don't know. But I, I think that we are at that stage where we are seeing the divide. Now, older Americans are not working, so they're lucky, kind of, because then they don't have to contend 
with the disasters that we are finding our cable systems and our internet systems are just on complete overload because we're all logged in at the same time. Last week, my daughter's Microsoft Word crashed. Of course, it's an electronic version now. You just download it to your computer. It's not, you know, it's not something you put in your hard drive anymore and runs it runs tape or something. So now it's uh, it's electronic and hers just crashed. Like she couldn't get anything done for an entire 24-hour period. And I said, you might not be alone in this. A lot of people are logged on trying to, you know, working from home. And the systems are just not built for it. The home, uh, family and friends, except through electronic means, right? And to stay involved with loneliness and to stay positive, which is why we all want to communicate, right? I want to focus on that one for just a second. To stay involved with loneliness and to stay positive. Even for older Americans over 65 who perhaps want a faith-based message as they're accustomed to going into a house of worship, whatever that house of worship is, whether it's a mosque, a temple, or a church, they simply are not able to do that anymore. And they don't know how to stream. Telling them how to stream, they're like, what is stream? You mean like going down into the stream, going down to the river? They're not familiar with the application of that word being confined now primarily to technology. So they don't know how to do that. In fact, I had a conversation with my neighbor, and I was asking her uh, setting up streaming. And I was like, he must only have, you know, senior members in his church because by now he should be streaming on YouTube, right? So the pastor was thinking, figuring out how to stream so that they could all have access. So initially she said some people were going to gather at some other houses. And I was like, well, we're not supposed to gather in groups of 10. I would strongly not advise all of you to get together in a group, right? So since then, I, that's a reminder, I probably should check in with her to find out if there are streaming services now. But at the time, this was uh, in the middle of March, uh, they weren't, they hadn't started, her church was thinking of streaming. So these are the challenges that are facing older Americans. We don't want people to feel isolated, be able to chat, and just call and shoot the breeze. Just yesterday, I checked in on one of my donors who consistently donates to the Exodus Foundation. And I checked in on her because she sent me a text. Whenever she sent me a, sends me a text, it's usually a way to start a conversation. But this time, it was she who needed encouragement. It was she on the other end of the phone who feared that she, they're over 65, so they were very worried that having come in contact with anybody would that necessitate them uh, going for a test, for the, the corona test. It's, it, it has become the most dreaded test ever, right? And so it was she who needed it. And, and she was really raging at the, at the rails, like, I can't believe I'm stuck. I, I, I just want to run out to Home Depot for a little bit. The social factor of just getting in your car and driving out and going to do something. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly how that feels because when I had to stay in, I have been, I've been out of the house in, you know, in the backyard and so on, but I haven't walked. I haven't gone to the store in a week since last Monday because I really do not want to expose myself. I can't begin to tell you what that feels like. You do know that Monday was my self-care regimen day. Every day, every week, I have learned since mom's death, since my mother passed, I have learned one of my coping mechanisms is to isolate a day when I go out to provide myself with some self-care. It's in 
on that. And I, 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 you can't eat this stuff away. We're not going to be able to eat this stuff away. So you can bake enough cookies, bake enough cakes, uh, eat as much as you can. It's not going to make it go away. The only thing that is seriously going to help this is to walk through it. We're going to have to hold each other's hands virtually and walk through this one. So for older Americans over 65 who are challenged, it means more phone contact. We're going to have to teach them how to FaceTime. We're going to have to help them set up Zoom by a computer and send it to them or get them a tablet because tablets are easier to just touch the screen. So send them an iPad that they can connect to their internet, walk, call them on the phone. If you have young children and grandma and grandma, grandma and grandpa are in the nursing home, let them read bedtime stories to the children. It's a good memory to have because we can't go to see grandma right now and grandpa because you are likely to make them ill, right? So set up FaceTime real quick, set up Zoom, set up other apps to communicate. And that is good for most of us, even for some of us. Have you been FaceTiming your friends? Have you? Seriously? Have you? Have you FaceTimed your parents? Have you FaceTimed your cousins, your sisters, your brothers, your nieces, your nephews? Your friends stay in touch. It helps to keep you positive and to keep you going. Right? Just checking on people. Say, hey, how are you doing? I'm just checking on you. How are they going? And just checking on folks. It's important to do that because it helps us all to stay positive. It helps us all to feel better about ourselves because there is a time where I've cooked enough. If they ask me to cook one more thing, I swear I'm, I'm going to hide. Can I come over and hide somewhere? Because I have been cooking like crazy. I mean, I was like, I made dinner Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and yesterday I had to make tacos again. I was like, I'm over this. I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> right? Cooking constantly and over. I'm like, what's with the cooking, y'all? What's with the cooking? I can't believe it. Right? And so there's a place where you can't cook anymore. You've done everything that you can. I, you know, my daughter uh, helped me to write a grant. I've written two grants in the meantime, <laughs> right? Still working on everything else. So stay positive. It's very important for our health and well-being. If you are stressed, you're reducing your immune system's chances of staying healthy and to save off a virus. You don't want to be stressed. So don't worry about anything. And tell your older folks, don't worry about anything, because believe it or not, they're worried about your parents are worried about you and the grandchildren. Can you believe this? When you call them, you can hear the worry in their voice. They're worried if they will see you again, if they will see their grandchildren again. They are worried. So stay positive. Set up a time when you call them every evening. It does not hurt. Set up a time when you call them to talk to them and keep them up to breast on what you're doing. It keeps them involved in your life. You know, tell them you're working on this project for work or whatever it is. Get into the details of it. And it helps them to stay involved. It does help. Tell them what you're working on. I, I'm actually, you know, just before I came on air, I saw something on my Twitter feed where this guy was thinking that he gave me a heck of a laugh. He made fun of it. I mean, it was hilarious, right? It's stuff like that. I mean, 
think about it, we can't even have more late night comedians anymore. Remember how we used to like watching Fallon or, or Colbert or whatever? Or uh, what's the other guy? <laughs> he said, I love him, hilarious. Really hilarious. Uh, Trevor Noah and Stone. You can't even watch those anymore. I think they're online now. So imagine that. So we have to find different ways to, to make fun of stuff and to stay positive. I'm not normally a hilarious person. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, give, I don't give jokes. I don't know how to make jokes. Hmm? We're going to talk about we believe God, that God is going to take us through, and that we're going to come out however long it takes. I am hoping that it doesn't take long. I'm hoping everyone is staying home and not you know, making it more difficult for the rest of us. The more we stay home, we can flatten the curve, as they say, and we can slow the virus down. No, we're not going to pay attention to the second wave that's happening in China. We're not going to do that. We're going to focus on this. And one of the ways to cope with this is to tell our parents and grandparents to what? Stay in the moment. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah, we can plan to come and visit you, but I'm not sure of the dates yet because of work. You see what I mean? So make plans for the future, but make no specifics. So don't give specifics like, yeah, we're going to come out for summer because summer looks shot between me and you. We've got to have a summer, right? Right? And cook some comfort food. I've been making a lot of comfort food. Look at me. You're all looking at me. Seriously. I've been cooking a lot of comfort food. Don't worry about calories. Still do your workouts. You know, we can, even if you live on the 21st floor of an apartment building, you can walk up and down the stairs, but you would have to wipe down the, the, hall, the, the stair rails and the doorknobs and so on. But every now and then, just go down, up and down one or two flights of stairs, spray some uh, disinfecting spray prior to going down so, you know, it disinfects the hallways and stuff. If you live in an apartment building, spray disinfecting spray at night in the hallways. Right? So that leaves whatever comes through will kill it. It's sprayed in the hallways at night. Anybody out there? Is anybody out there and start having a conversation? Maybe we start having balcony parties like they were doing in Italy. Right? But communicate with our older folks. Communicate with them. They can't come out because they are more susceptible to these viruses, but we can talk to them. Set up stuff where they call in at a certain time and stuff like that. And, and moving forward, though, we recognize that this generation, the greatest generation, we, we the, the boomers are after the greatest generation. The greatest generation lived through World War One and World War Two, right? And say, well, you have dementia, you can't remember anything. Whereas in other cultures, we actually spend time with them. Spending time with them is an impartation. And they actually have a lot of wisdom to impart to us, especially about people and relationships. They can tell you some stuff. They've probably seen more stuff than we care to recognize. As you can tell, I'm missing my mother. I'm wondering what she would say at a time like this. Yes, I miss her wisdom. Sometimes when I encounter situations that are challenging, I often reflect back on what would mom say about it. What would mom suggest that I do? I have to channel me and believe that God is telling us that it's going to be all right. This is a time when we have to find our faith. This is a time when we have to reconnect with our fundamentals. What do we believe? Do we believe in faith? Are we going to believe 
that this is going to work out for good. Regardless of the situation and the circumstances, regardless of how it feels, I want us all to focus on this one thing. We are going to get through this together. We are all in this together. We have never seen or think Americans are not accustomed to feeling because, hey, we're the big bad ones on the planet. We're the big bad guys. You know, we got this, we got that. And now we are feeling vulnerable. If we feel vulnerable, how do you think the rest of the world feels? We've always been sitting on a hill. We've always been whom the rest of the world looks to. And now we have closed our borders. We have shut down our economy. And we have stopped. We're seeing our healthcare system stretch to its capacity on full blazing and shining. How do you think the rest of the world feels? So we've got to stay positive. It's not just for me. It's for everyone else. I have to stay positive for my children and you, my audience. I have to stay positive. I have to believe that we are going to get on the other side of this. It might take some time. There will be some loss. It's going to cost us something. But we are going to get out of this. And we're going to get on the other side. And when this, we get out on the other side of this. We're never going to be in this space again, I promise you. I say to you all, we love you. We're grateful you're here. You provide a connection to the past that is invaluable, especially at this time when everything is so tenuous. You remind us that there is a past and that we are the future. I look at my children. And to me, they are the future. I look at them and I want to make sure that during this time they take all the lessons so that when they have possible conflicts in their future that they will face. Now look at this. Check this out. The generation 65 and older are here, some of whom are still here. There is this daughter was born nine months after 9-11. Don't ask any questions about, you know, life. Okay. Right? And her generation cannot graduate high school. They can't, they won't be able to walk across the stage. Her generation, these children were born. As a nation, we were facing the traumatic after effects of 9 11. And yet, here they are. They have come up. So they're asking, why me? And I said, because you're going to be the great much that we have to share. We're rich the tapestry of our lives, that interconnectedness of the generation of 65 and older and the generation of 9-11. The 2020 graduating high school class, our children born after 9-11, while we as a nation were still hurting. There is a lot to learn. We have a lot to share. Call your grandma. Pick up the phone. If you're a millennial, pick up the phone. Call your parents and grandparents. Check in with them. Tell them I can't come and see you, but I love you more than anything. One of my uh, Facebook them, all the supplies they needed so they don't have to come out. And he showed a picture of his dad with a mask on and gloves on, and he was leaving everything. And he said it broke him because for the first time in his life, he could not hug his parents. He could not kiss them. But all he could do was tell them he loved them. And he said, I love them so much. I'm not going near them because I want them to still be here. 
and his dad was just standing there and waving. It broke me. Right? So I just want us all to know that I love you and we love one another. And I'm going to say this blessing over all of us. Christian, Jew, or Muslim, it doesn't matter. We are all one people. The songwriter says it like this. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts together. I pray for all of us. I pray peace and love and may the God of light shine on our hearts forever. This too will pass. My name is Harriet Kamak. This has been Down to Earth. Go to my website, HarrietKamak.com, as well as the ExodusFoundation.com, where you'll find more resources on how we help victims of human trafficking. Stay focused, everybody. We're going to get through this. We're all in this together. It's going to be okay. Just give it time. It will be okay. Thanks so much for joining me. Go to my website as well as go to my page on Anchor FM. Good morning. As well as go and listen to my previous podcast. Share this podcast. It's 30 minutes of love and light. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, y'all.